Welcome to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. Brought to you by Present Truth Ministry, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. The need to be with the Lord. And I want to build on from there because we must first of all understand that ministry is highly spiritual. Although there are natural aspects to it, but it is highly spiritual because you are dealing with the spirits of men. In the book of Numbers, it says, let the Lord, your God, set a man. The principle of the set man. We are pastors, so I'm just going to mention scriptures here and there, and we're going to flow. You understand in the book of Hebrews, what did Paul say? It says, it, it talks about honoring those who watch over your souls. So it means that, you know, ministry is a spiritual venture. That is the foundation. If we miss that foundation, we will begin to finish in the flesh what was started in the spirit. So we see that um, the Lord began to rebuke matter and says, matter, matter, you are distracted by many things, but Mary has chosen the good part. And what did we define as distraction yesterday? Anything that takes you away from sitting at the feet of Jesus to learn, to hear the words of Jesus. So ministry particularly is serving people what the Lord has told you. Is serving people what the Lord has told you. Now let's go to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And verse 38. Let's read the New King James Version. Luke 10, 38. Now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary, who also sat at his feet. Please give me the Amplified. Who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. The New Amplified Version, the AMPC, uses the word continually listening to his teaching. And what I want to pick there is continually. Because if you want to serve the Lord effectively in ministry, you cannot just listen to Him once in a while. Praise God. Are you still here? You cannot just listen to the Lord once in a while. If you want to be effective in ministry, your ears must be at the heart of Jesus. There must be a decision. Now, something happened yesterday that dad shared with us. He says, he said, while I was teaching, 
the Lord began to, because he had already told me before, I was going to teach the evening session. Some of you even heard that when I made that announcement. But he says, while I was teaching, the Lord began to teach him the things that he would teach in the evening section. You see, that is what ministry is. Ministry is serving the people what the Father has served you. And that means that you must constantly develop the habit of sitting at the feet of Jesus to listen to him teaching you. The Lord has to constantly teach you. Now, this is very important. I'm not also saying this goes for all these crazy things we are seeing as new revelation. Where everybody's coming and saying, Rema, Rema. No, 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 no. As you sit at the feet of Jesus, John 6, 63, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. You know, as you sit at the feet of Jesus, what's happening to you? He's giving you spirit. He's giving you life. He's giving you spirit. He's giving you life. When you come to the pulpit, what are you dispensing? You are dispensing the very life and spirit you have received from the feet of Jesus. The minister of the gospel must always be found at the feet of Jesus. That's your location. That's your location. Who seated herself at the Lord's feet. At the Lord's feet. If we are looking for you, we should find you at the Lord's feet. Doing what? Listening. Everybody say listening. Do you know especially with our generation, that it is difficult to listen now. Listening is a difficult task. You know why? Things will be running through your mind. Your phone is beeping. Thoughts are coming to your mind. So, you, you see, see, listening is not as easy as it is written here. It takes every focus to listen to Jesus. Sometimes, when we go to the feet of the Lord... What do we go to do? To talk. Am I right? To complain. Oh God. Oh Father. Oh God. And he's saying, can you just listen? Oh no. I think I know. How many of you think you really need know what you need in ministry right now? How many of you really think so? What do you think is the number one request of every minister? Come on. Money. Number two request, people. Number three request, building. Number four, microphone. Look at where microphone came in. <laughs> Number six, light. But one thing is needful. One thing is needful. Because your heavenly father knows that you need those things. But he says, seek something. Your pursuit should be after the words of Jesus. That's what your pursuit should be. And sometimes as ministers, we have mastered the art of preaching and teaching that if we're not careful, we can go years without sitting at the feet of Jesus. Any preacher can preach. 
Even if I just call you now, like, ah, I'm sorry, I didn't prepare. Just say, give me two minutes, give me two minutes. That messenger says, he says the Lord told him, cry. Then he asked the Lord, what shall I cry? What shall I cry? Charles Spurgeon said, every minister who desires to preach more than they study is more interested in entertainment than ministry. Your desire to preach should not overpower your desire to sit at the feet of Jesus to learn. What does that mean? It means that as a minister of the gospel, you are taking out ample time to sit at the feet of Jesus. You know, only the Lord can correct certain things in your life. Only the Lord can shape in certain things in your life. Only the Lord can reveal to you that there is pride locking somewhere there. There is this thing locking somewhere there. There's that locking somewhere there. Are you following this? It says, you are distracted by many things. But one thing is needful. Can I connect two scriptures to you? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can I connect two scriptures to you? You see, Mary, Martha, thought that what was going to please Jesus was the food. So, we must understand something. Martha is not a bad person. Martha is not a sinning pastor. Martha is just a busy pastor who wants to please the Lord with many outreaches. Are you following? So we're not talking about a pastor who sins, a pastor who steals. No, no, no. We're just talking about a good man who wants to do something for the Lord, but he wants to do it after his own way. So let me connect another scripture. In John chapter chapter 4, I think, the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman, what happened? Jesus Christ ministered to that woman. And when the disciples bought food, what did Jesus say? He says, I'm full. He says, my meat is to do what? To do the will of the Father. Am I right? Come on, talk to me. Say amen if you're here. What was the will of the Father that Jesus was doing? Teaching the Samaritan woman. Connect those two scriptures. What would have pleased Jesus more? Between the food that Mary was, Martha was preparing and sitting to listen to what Jesus had to say. What would have pleased the Lord more? Sitting at his feet. That is his real food. So when Jesus found an opportunity and began to listen, and Mary was listening, he was eating already. So every other thing that Martha was doing, (laughs) this man was getting full already. So, ministry is not serving the Lord the way you want. Ministry is serving Him the way He wants because He has chosen you. God will only give you instructions on what He has sent you. Not what you have sent yourself. 
And that is the danger that I want us to prevent. Sending ourselves on errands that the Lord has not sent us. And all of these errands occupy us to the point where we can no longer sit at his feet to learn. Praise God. Are you still here? This, this, this right here is a tough task. Because everything is calling for your attention. This is a tough task. You know, I was just thinking, why did Paul tell Timothy's study to show yourself approved? Do you realize that sometimes you have to remind pastors to study? Do you realize that when he says study to show yourself an, approved? Till I come give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. You, do, you, do you realize that Paul did not write to any of the churches that way? That he had to remind a pastor, remind his spiritual son, that boy, study. <laughs> Are you following? He had to write it to his son. He said, study till I come. Till I come. Give attention. Pay attention to reading. Paul had to remind his spiritual son about the need to study, to learn at the feet of the master. Because when you listen to some pastors today, you will realize that they have not even read that verse of Bible completely. Our friend, Apostle Brandon, did something very simple. And I, I mean, it was very simple. When the Bible talks about uh, precious is the death of a saint. We use that to preach in funeral. How God, you know, how precious it is. how pre- And that's not what that Bible verse is talking about at all. All Apostle Brandon needed to do was to just bring out six different translations. Just cancel the, the, the whole theory. But you know why we still preach it like that in church? We have not even bothered to study. We heard Papa say it. We just kept saying it. We just kept saying it. We just kept saying it. We just, we didn't even bother to say, let me read another translation. It is shocking. There are pastors who have never read anything apart from either the King James. Their greatest uh, uh, advancement is the New King James Version. What does studying do? Studying creates in you an environment where Jesus can speak to you. Studying is the framework that when Jesus is speaking to you, you are not saying this is strange. Praise God. It's just like as I talked about the the Samaritan woman now. It wasn't something I studied, but it just popped out in my spirit that, listen, this is my food. That was why I was pleased with Mary, and he connected, yes, that's true. Because to eat natural food is nice, but why did the Lord say, you have chosen this good path? Because that's the eternal path. That's what gives the Lord pleasure. Now, if I don't know that that existed in the scriptures, the Lord cannot speak to me about it. So studying gives you the framework to understand the teaching of Jesus. It is like, for instance, you are in a class, and you are to study physics. What happened? At the beginning of the term, they give you the list of textbooks. 
Now, a teacher is going to teach you, but he gives you the list of textbooks. What do wise students do? Wise students will go and study the textbook. And even if they don't understand it, they keep studying because when the teacher comes now, the teacher is going to do what? Teach from that textbook. And if you have at least read it, you will start connecting the dots. Without a conscious, in-depth study life, you cannot find the need. You will not even find the need to sit at the feet of Jesus. Let's go to Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. Thank you, Father. Let's look at verse 14. And he appointed, remember what we read in Hebrews chapter 5? That in ministry we have been appointed for an assignment. And he appointed 12 to do what? Oh, come on, talk to me please. To do what? To do what? Say it one more time, to do what? Continue. Cont- write that word down, write it down, write it down, write it, write continue, and under it, write this quote by Gloria Copeland, in consistency lies the power. To continue. Write that word down, continue. That is one major problem we have. Continuation. Continuation. When you hear a message like this, you are in a hurry. You spend the next one week sitting at his feet. The next one year, we're looking for you. You are everywhere. John Wesley said, I will set myself on fire and the world will watch me burn. I was speaking to Dad was sharing a text message from me. One of the apostolic leaders in Kenya sent him a message and said, oh, these messages you taught, I've been using them to teach over three groups. Pastors. One message. Used to train leaders in Kenya. Just through the WhatsApp list. What is the content of what you preach? Is this just for the poor and the struggling people in your church? Or you're preaching to the nations? Or you're preaching to the body of Christ? What is the content of your message? What is the content? Because you have five people, six people sitting and listening to you. And all your messages is just focused on those six people. The day someone offends you, you preach a message on love. And you cut yourself off from the assignment of the Father because you are allowing people to determine what you preach. Not knowing that He has a word. And He appointed twelve to continue to be with Him. And that He might send them out to preach. Preach. 
The first call is to be with him. And do you realize, I want to, I want to show you something. Please, follow what I'm teaching you in this series. The first call of any minister is not to preach. Are you following what I'm saying? That is not your first assignment. Do you, see, let me tell you something. I can share with you from my own life. And that can share the same, the same thing with, with, with you. A time will come in your life. You will not have time to prepare messages to preach. That's the truth. I'm here and I'm teaching three sessions. Right? On Thursday, I'm, I'm with our church. I'm with Pastor Kelvin. On Friday, I'm teaching three hours. It is pastors all night. I go home on Saturday and I teach two services on Sunday at Bonnie Island Church and Apodaco Church. That is Monday till Sunday. If there is no reservoir of sitting at the feet of Jesus, that's when you begin to hear words like, that pastor used to reign. He used to reign before. What does that mean? He has exhausted. He has exhausted the time he sat at Jesus' feet. Say, in those days, if you listen to this man, say, no, say that message, I've heard it before. The man is tired. Doors will open for you. And when that reservoir is expended, men will look for the next man who is sitting at the feet of Jesus. If you want to constantly be relevant to the scheme of things, to the assignment of the Father, if you want to be relevant to what God is doing in this generation and in the generation to come, you have to sit at the feet of Jesus. Some ministers shock me. They shock me. You know why I say they shock me? I grew up as a small child reading the writings of Derek Prince in my dad's library. Till tomorrow, Derek Prince is going to be with the Lord. I grew up as a child reading his writings. Till tomorrow, they are still printing his literature. He still has got a radio program. He still has TV programs. The man is dead, but yet speaketh. Some people are not dead, yet they can't speak. You know what I ask myself? Even people who are alive are struggling for partners. Who is, who is partnering with this man? He's dead. I, I get their newsletter. Sometimes you hear, we are printing uh, 600,000 books to send to China. We just got a request. They are still opening offices. Those are men who were formed at the feet of Jesus. And you know one of the signs of a man who was formed at the feet of Jesus? Men will be willing. He said, in the day of your power, your people shall be willing. A man will come and say, this is your message. I want to get it to this nation. Whether you are there or not, the message will still carry the very life and spirit with which Jesus gave it to you. Saints, if we don't want to run churches and ministries that will die at our mortality, we must sit at the feet of Jesus. 
If not 10 years from now, nobody will know you ever walked the chores of this life. Your message will be dead on arrival. If you like, put it online. Put it on podcast. Angels will be directing people away from it. Every time they want to go on your website, no network. Because that message is dead. See, though he's dead, yet he's speaking. Today we're still write, reading the writings of Austin Sparks. The writings of John G. Lake are still fresh. Kenneth Hagin's Bible school is still being opened daily, 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 daily. These were men without social media. These were men without Instagram. This, we will do sponsored posts, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere. Bible school was still struggling with two people. And it's free. You hear? Share with your friends. Like this post. Click a like. Comment. You will win free book. People are not commenting. Scripture says, not by might. It says, not by power. It says, but by my spirit. He appointed 12 and said, listen, your appointment is be with me. Stay with me. Stay with me. Come, stay with me. Sit at my feet. If you read the New Amplified, (laughs) it talks about that he might give them instructions. I think you guys need to upgrade this Amplified, huh? I give them instructions. To be with, you see, to constantly be with someone and not get tired means your love for them is increasing daily. Do you know where, where we're going to? That started teaching, teaching about this yesterday night, like love and life. If our love for Jesus is no more than our love for ministry, we will run dry. If your love for Jesus is not greater than your love for ministry, you will be a performer. What's not going to be your focus? Your suit. How the church looks. How your protocol team is set. How your ushers look. The color of your building. That will be your preoccupation, distraction. You will begin to major in minors. You will take measure of your time. Training upon training upon training upon training upon training. One word from God can change your life forever. And he appointed 12 to continue to be with him. Now let me explain something to you. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll read that. We'll come back here. Do you realize that when the apostles wanted to replace Judas, one of the criteria they gave, he said, choose a man who was with us. Go to Acts. Let me show you. Acts chapter 1 and verse 21. You can use the King James. Okay. Look at it. It says, 
Okay. But you know the story, right? This was when they were about to choose. Okay, so you know the story. If you read from verse 20, for in the book of Psalms it is written, let his place of, of residence be desolate, and let there be, a, be no one to live in it again. Let another take his position as overseer. Let another take his position as overseer. Let me pause there to tell you this. Listen very carefully. Listen very carefully. Never forget this. You are not irreplaceable. You are not. It doesn't matter the power you're moving in. If you read church history, you will know that God had used men. God had used women. People like Maria Woodward, Etta, Alexander Dowey, John G. Lake, uh, Jack Cole, uh, Catherine Coleman, William Braham, J- Jeffrey Brothers. God has used men. He is using men. He will still continue to use men. You are not irreplaceable. Even David already saw it in the book of Psalms. He said, let his position another man take. Even David saw it. That Judas will be replaced. So running a ministry or running your ministry as if you are indispensable is setting yourself for danger. There is none of us, if we go and be with the Lord right now, that the church will not continue. So you cannot put the church first before the master. You cannot be more concerned about the church than he is concerned about the church. You know, sometimes when some troubles just come on the local church, I just go to me, the Father, and say, Lord, see, to be honest, you know, this is your church. It is not when trouble comes, it becomes my church. And then when there is no trouble, it's your church. It's your church when things are good. It's your church when things are bad. Sort it out. My wisdom is finished. You sort your people out. Your children, sort them out. And you know what? Miraculously, God has a way of sorting his own children out. Don't own the church. It's never yours. You are an appointee. Is there a word like that? Not sure. You are appointed. Are you following what I'm saying? Is God saying, hey, come over to worry. Manage these people for me. They are not your members. They are God's. Are you following what I'm saying? Let the high blood pressure reduce. Let it come down. Ask anybody who's got massive crowd. They can't share the secrets with you. Why? There is no secret. Yeah, because let's be honest. Have we not bought all the books? Sir, we have bought all the books. We have attended all the conferences. We have listened to all the tapes. We have sown all the seed. The thing is not working. Why? Because to you, it is not given. I'm not saying don't say you don't strive for growth. You do your best. But listen, at the end of the day, no man can receive anything except to be given to him from above. You know what you do? Pray the Lord of harvest. That he will send harvest laborers into the field. So that you know what he said? He says you will reap the labor of other men. He said, I am sending, look at this. He said, I am sending you to harvest where other men has labored. Some ministries you envy today are in the harvest of other men. They themselves don't know. Are you following what I'm saying? I was somewhere preaching the other day and someone was commanding me and he was telling me, 
And I just told him, I said, some of the things that happened to me in ministry is the faithfulness of my father. That's, I just, it, you know, it became a revelation that some of the things you are enjoying is just because this man is faithful. And one of the way God blesses faithful men is to bless his child so that when he sees his child, he will be satisfied and say, God, thank you that this boy is not suffering like I suffered. It's like, you will be like, connected that uh, because I'm in Boni, come, let's go. They are, they don't need visa. No, you don't need visa to go there. Cause what did I study? Social studies. I'm not a science student. So you won't say, oh, it's because he's very brilliant. No. No. It says, if you walk before me upright, I will make sure that your seed is sitting in the throne of David. It's called the sure mercies of David. Where God releases a mess. You see, that's why some of you laboring. Take heart. When your children will begin to blossom, you will know that your labor is not in vain. Are you following what I'm saying? said because we need to be honest about some of these things. So, you see, there's this mystery about seven keys. I'm going to release two. And in the next four years, I'll release another two. You discover that at the end of the day, you didn't even know any key. Because no man can receive anything except to be given to him from above. Do you know the man who wrote the message Bible that we all use today, Eugene Peterson, he passed on recently. He was not the pastor of the largest church in the world. Yet he wrote a Bible. And that Bible is being used all over the world. Go and try and write a Bible. Even your wife won't buy it. Are you following what I'm saying? Certain things in life are seasons. The only thing that has to be constant in your life, sit at the feet of Jesus. Sit at it. You see, you see, when he called them to be with him, I'm sure some of them will say, God, when am I going to preach? Oh, Peter, I have a revelation. God said, calm down, calm down, just relax, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. They needed to be with him because they were going to die for this gospel. So they needed to be men of convictions. Are you still here? Look at the next verse. So, of the men who have accompanied us, apostles, during how many time? Come on, come on, saints. How many time? All the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us. He says the only man qualified to replace Judas is the man who followed us. When the apostles needed to make a choice, they didn't compromise the principles. Do you know why Paul became an apostle? Jesus had to reveal himself to him. And he spent three years in Arabia. Three years in Arabia. What was Paul doing? For some of us, if Jesus appeared to us the way Jesus appeared to Paul, we won't read Bible again. 
the appearance will become our message. I was, I was, I was in a vision. The Lord appeared to me in a light, bright light. Let us pray. Let's pray. Let's just pray. Continue the vision. We'll be teaching the vision everywhere. We will write a book on the vision. How the Lord appeared to me. Or fallen from a horse. Or stricken, stricken by the Lord. Or saw to Paul. A concise biography. That will become our message. But do you realize that Paul never referenced that message, that vision except for a few times? He taught the gospel. He didn't teach the vision. The vision of God calling you is not your message. Are you following what I'm saying? He says, we must only appoint a man who was with us. That is why Paul had to spend over three years in the wilderness of Arabia. And he said, nobody taught me this gospel. He says, this gospel was given to me for you. The dispensation of grace that was given to me for you. Who gave it to Paul? Jesus gave it to him. He sat at the feet of Jesus. And by the time the man came out, even the man who followed Jesus physically said, some of the things this guy is teaching, they are hard. Some people interpret it to their own destruction. Three years sitting at the feet of Jesus. Taking time off to be in Arabia. Most of us don't like those silent moments. These are the age of social media. You have a word to preach. I'll tell you something about ministry. Ministry is long term. You know, if you enter ministry, I'm, I'm over 30. So I'm in my early 30s. I've, I've been in ministry since 24. So I've done like 11 years or 12 years of ministry. Do you understand? I'm going to live long. So let's even say I do ministry to 80. It means like 50 something years I'll be doing ministry. Think of what message you'll be preaching from one book. For the next 50 years of your life, Pastor, good luck. Just think of that. One book. Do you know that just the natural thought of that, you know that it's okay to start when you are like 75, so you can just preach five years and live here. No, just think of it. This one book for the next 50 years. And you're sure people will not get tired of hearing you. If you are not fresh, don't get tired. Don't forget, in that 50 years, other guys are going to rise. Your own son is going to rise. People are going to rise. So sitting at the feet of Jesus is for our own longevity. If not, you will wear out. At a point you'll be hearing, ah, you don't preach that message before now. I mean, I mean, I mean, that's scripture. And you know what? That's not how it happened last year. What is happening? <laughs> intelligent people just say that message is like he changed the topic say don't worry he's going to read Acts chapter 5 now just wait the next thing you Acts chapter 5 so I tell you say I get I get I get the message <laughs> you are you'll be tired so God has done ministry in such a way that if you are not close to him only you will run your test out of business we don't need to mention names look all over you you would know a minister that nobody wants to listen to at all. And there were days where people flocked to hear them. 
You know why? It is very clear. Ministry is never your focus. The feet of Jesus is what you must keep your eyes on. Keep your eyes on the feet of Jesus. Keep your eyes on the feet of Jesus. Keep your eyes on the feet of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's go back to Mark chapter 3 verse 14. Mark chapter 3 verse 14. One thing is needful. Mark 3 14. One thing is needful. And he appointed twelve to continue to be with him. That he might send them out to preach. As apostles or special messenger. So there is a calling to be with. And then there is a sending out to preach. Are you following that now? There is a calling. Now understand this now. Understand this. The calling is not to preach. The calling is not to preach. The calling is to be with him. The sending is to preach. So when people now said, are you called? Say yes, I'm called. Then okay, it's not preaching time. It's not preaching time yet. And I realized we've put some people as pastors who shouldn't be pastors. Because they were called, but they had not been sent. And you know what? Sometimes that's where the struggle in ministry is. Because now you have sent yourself and there's no provision. Because it says, when I sent you, did you lack anything? Peter said nothing. When I sent you, not when you went. When I sent you, did you lack anything? When I sent you, when I sent you, Without pause, did you lack anything? No. Why? Because I sent you. I'm responsible for your transport, for your provision. Are you following what I'm saying? For the results. Not when I called you, did you lack anything? When I sent you, you can be called and be in lack. Why? Because you have started preaching when you should be at the feet of Jesus. Until he says, my son, it's time to go. Do you know what? The ability to be patient until the father sends you is the greatest ability in ministry. Now, I, I, if we have time, I'll read the scripture to you. Paul wanted to go and preach in Vietnam. And the Holy Spirit said, no, don't go. He wanted to go here. Holy Spirit said, don't go. He says, I was in the vision of a night and a man from Macedonia came to me. And said, then we concluded that the Lord has sent us to Macedonia. But you guess what, Pastor Gospar? Second Corinthians chapter 8. Those were the same Macedonian people who say out of their deep poverty, God made him. He said they were begging us to receive an offering. What, why were they begging Paul to receive an offering? They were poor, but they were begging Paul to receive an offering. Why? Because Paul was sent to them. Paul didn't teach them three ways to sow your way into victory. Paul didn't teach. Paul, if I, they were begging Paul. Why did the widow of Zarephath give something to Elijah? We know when Jesus referenced it. He says there were many widows in Zarephath, but none, but 
but none to, to none was Elisha sent except the widow of Zarephath. There were many widows. There are many countries. There are many places. There are many regions. But you are not sent to the whole country. You are sent to some regions. You are sent to some country. You are sent to a sphere of influence. If you stay with your sphere, you will never lack provision. But you know what? We cannot even know where we are sent to except we sit at his feet. One thing is needful. One thing is needful. Go with me quickly to Ezekiel chapter 44. Now wrap up here. Do two more scriptures and then we can wrap up. Ezekiel 44. Are you learning anything? Say amen if you are. Give me three amen. Say amen. 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 Beautiful. Ezekiel 44, 15. Let me collect some amen in advance. This was defining a kind of priesthood. Ezekiel 44. And verse 15. But the priests, the Levites, the sons of Zadok, who kept charge of my sanctuary, when the children of Israel went astray from me, they shall come near to minister to me. And they shall stand before me to offer to me the fat and the blood, says the Lord. God was defining a kind of priesthood. He says, when the children of Israel went far from me, he says, these ones took charge. Why were they able to withstand that? Because they were with the Lord. Let's read on. Interesting story. 16. They shall enter my sanctuary. They shall come near my table to minister to me. And they shall keep me charged. You know one thing I love about when Paul and Barnabas were separated? He says when they were, they were, he says some prophets and teachers in Antioch, he says as they were ministering to the Lord, he says the Lord said to them, separate unto me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I've sent them. I'm going to deal with that maybe in tomorrow's session. He says separate them unto me for the work. So even though Paul had all of those encounters, there was a time where he was set apart by the church, by the apostolic presbytery for the assignment. He says, but they were not ministering for setting apart. He says, as they were ministering before the Lord, the Lord now spoke. In the place of ministering to the Lord, he begins to give you divine directions. God said to Kenneth Hagin, start Rema Bible College. And then he started Rema. In fact, he was teaching and the words came out of him that at the fall of so-so-so, we are going to start Rema Bible Campus. When he got back to the office, the son asked him, what about the campus you said we'll start? He said, I didn't talk about any campus. They played the tape back to him. He heard it. And he said, well, go ahead. And the son started it. He said, then some people came and said, God has told us to start Bible school. God has told us to start Bible school. And they were coming to be asking Hagin, how are you doing your own? He said, if God has told you, you can't do it the way God told you. Yeah, you copy my own. He told you now, go and do it the way he said you should do it. Today, where are those Bible schools? Not every church can have a Bible school. Some are not sent. Before you duplicate error and cause more problems. People have Holy Ghost Night. You have Holy Ghost Night. You don't have any clue. You just like the name. Let's even leave that. Some of you, the effect from this conference is you go back to your church and stop doing the things God has not asked you to do. 
They shall enter my sanctuary and they shall come near my table to minister to me and they shall keep my charge. 17. And it shall be whenever they enter the gates of the inner court, they shall put on linen garments. No wool shall come upon them while they minister within the gates of the inner court. Put on linen garments. Because right now you're doing something for the Lord. So your garment has to change. Verse 18. They shall have linen turbans on their heads and linen trousers on their bodies. They shall not clothe themselves with anything that causes them to sweat. Can I have the amplified please? They shall not, listen, they shall not clothe themselves with anything that will make them sweat. How many of you remember the scripture that was written to us yesterday? Our clothing, we should put on Christ. We should put on patience. These things are clothing in the spirit. You cannot sit before the Lord with anxiety in your mind. Anything that is causing you to sweat will stop you from ministering to the Lord. When we go before the Lord, what do we bring before Him? My children's school fees. My wife. Oh God. It's time to marry. You realize that Adam was on his own when God spoke to him about the wife. They shall not give themselves with anything that causes them to sweat. When you are ministering before the Lord, change your clothing so He can speak to you. Don't go there with anxiety. Listen, these are not prayers or petitions. These are times of learning. Lord, I'm before you. Lord, I'm just before you. Just to learn. Teach me, Lord. That's not the time to think about who didn't come to church, who came to church, who is leaving church, who didn't bring money. Who, who, no, 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 no. Sitting at the feet of Jesus. Verse 19. And when they go out into the outer court of the people, they shall put off the garments in which they have ministered and lay them in the holy chambers. They shall put on other garments, lest by contact of their garments with the people, they should consecrate, separate, and set apart for holy you such people unintentionally and unfit, unfittingly corrupt them. What he's trying to say is, listen, when you come to me, you're coming with a different attitude. But when you go out to minister to the people, you're changing your attitude because if you're not careful, your interaction with the people will cause you to always come to my presence with a corrupt mindset. What that means is this, church people can make you so offended that when God sends you an assignment, you carry it out in anger. That's what killed Moses. Yeah, they want, we want water, we want water, we want water, we want water, we want water. Ah, water, water, water. Moses said, these people, they want water. They strike you, they, oh yeah, drink, drink. It's not water people want. Moses said, oh God, he said, come, come, come. You are getting tired. Oh God, come up. Let's talk. Yeah. The meekest man in all the earth struck the rock, not once, twice. Bah, bah. Sure, the way water gushed out, some people would have drowned. And God said, bros. Let's, let's see on the mountain. I want to see you. The meekest man on the earth. He didn't make that switch of garments. If not, you will never sit at the feet of Jesus to learn. It is only people's problem you go and report. Oh God. Until they come to church today, what shall we do, Lord? Oh God. There are more empty seats than this. What shall we do? God says, that garment, leave it there. When you come, Bring something that will not sweat. You are calm. Because I'm about to teach you certain things. How many of you know you can't learn in an environment where you are all sweaty? 
Let's read. Verse 20. Neither shall they shave their heads or allow their locks to grow long. They shall only cut short or trim their heads. Verse 21. Neither shall any priest drink wine. <laughs> when he enters the inner court. And then he goes on and goes on. Go to verse 23 quickly. The priest, because of time now, the priest shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the common or the profane and cause them to distinguish between the clean and the unclean. He says, the reason I want you to be able to always stay with me is so you can teach these people the difference between these things. I'll teach you the difference. You go ahead and teach them the difference so the people themselves can make the right decision. But if you're not with me, you will not be able to know this difference. And so you don't even know what to teach people. It's amazing today that even pastors are teaching people that they are under generational curses. Even pastors are teaching that to new creation believers born again in the spirit. And when you ask them, say it's a mystery, you don't understand. Excessive watching of African magic. Praise God. Have five more minutes. So he speaks to them about that. Now quickly, let me skip this. <laughs> Go to verse 28. Want to touch that. We'll finish up this session tomorrow. This, their ministry to me. <laughs> Shall be to them as an inheritance. For I am their inheritance. And you shall give them no possession in Israel. For I am their possession. This is what. You know what? You know I read this verse, Pastor. Because it is the issue of inheritance and possession. That is making us to run from the feet of Jesus. Is that issue. Are you following what I'm saying? Is that issue, these two words here, inheritance and possession, this is the matter. Why we can't find pastors at the feet of Jesus. What we shall eat, what we shall drink, what we shall wear. But he says to them, even in the Old Testament, he said, this their ministry to me is their possession. Do you understand something? That was teaching us in the evening about setting our heights on higher things so that the material world will be profane to us. If you have started seeing your ministry to the Lord as your true inheritance and your portion, you will be able to be at peace when you sit at his feet. That's what David said. He said, the Lord is my portion. He says, the lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a goodly heritage. Where did that goodly heritage come from? He says, the Lord is my portion. As a minister of the gospel, you have God's word to you. He is your portion. This thing must be reality. It must, it must be more real than, than the deed of a document of an earthly house. 
Are you following? He said, for this their ministry to me shall be to them as their inheritance. So, when you are ministering to the Lord, you are not like, I'm wasting time. By now, if I put one or two things together, I'll, no, no, sir, no, sir, no, sir, no, sir, no, sir. That thing is an inheritance. I was telling one of my friends, I said, you see, life is very funny. It's amazing that we don't understand life. That life is funny. Do you realize, do you realize that one sickness, God forbid, one sickness, it can bring you down. They will sell everything you have. The only one word the doctor will have to tell you is, we don't know what is wrong with you. That's it. Just ask, ah, we don't know. Test 200,000. You test your blood, test your eye, test your fingernails, test your back, test your chest, test your tongue, test your nose, scrape your head, test it. You won't see anything. When the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he said, good master, good master. I said, no one is good except my father. I said, we know you are good. I want to follow you. I want to be your disciple. He said, go and sell what you have and give to the poor. Ah! I said, no, sir. That's my inheritance. I said, he went back. Do you know that that man, Kenneth Copeland said this and I agree with him, that man turned down the opportunity to be the disciple of Jesus. Yeah. He says, go sell what you have and come follow me. Come follow me was the same words he used to call other disciples. The man looked at the opportunity to be a disciple of Jesus and said, Master, I will keep the commandments, but I'll keep my possession. Thank you very much. He walked away from Jesus. Who knows if he would have been the one to replace Manam. Who knows what the Lord would have used him to do. What did this man trade for possession? The power to heal the sick. The power to cure lepers. The power to see 3,000 people come unto the Lord. You, you, you that is thinking you are poor, you don't know some of the things God has given to you. A marriage that is about to break, you step into it and it comes back together. You don't know what God has given to you. Somebody without a job, you look at them and say, in the name of Jesus, your job is coming. They go back to the same company, they get employed. Somebody with cancer in their body, you look at them and say, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. And it goes, you don't know the power and the grace and the anointing God has put in your life. You trivialize it for Naira and Kobo. Says, I am your inheritance. This thing must mean more to you. You are not poor like you think. You are not. No, you are not poor like you think. You know why you think you are poor? You have been living the feet of Jesus too constantly. So when you go to the outer court and you see people with goats and sheep, where did you bring this goat to sacrifice? Say, my farm. Say, yay. How many goats do you have? Say, 10,000 goats. Yeah, 10,000 goats. Wow, this ministry to the Lord. Say, Lord, can we buy goats? God say, No, I'm I'm your goats. <laughs> Please not a joke. I'm your inheritance. Choose me above those goats. Choose me above those sheep. One day Peter had this question. He said, uh, Master Jesus, excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Sir, one, one question, sir. <laughs> We have left everything. When I mean everything, we've left father. We left house. You know now. I don't need to tell you. I was fishing before you called me. You know all these things. But as you called me, I said, oh, Jesus is calling me. Who am I to say? We, so, sir, let's know. It's not that I doubt you. This is not that. 
But you know, we have family, we have uncle, my child is about to go to school. So, this, uh, this journey now, let's all clarify something because you know, misunderstanding can come along the way. Uh, so, I'm not saying we, we are not in need for gay. Well, what is gay? But, is there, how, Jesus say, calm down. <laughs> say, calm down. You say, in this life, in this life. But that's not the most important thing. And I say, but in the life to come. He says, in this life, you will get a hundredfold. He says, but in the life to come. Most of us ministers are working as if there's no life to come. It's like, consciously, we are losing sense that there's an afterlife. We are losing it. We, we have you know, don't be, don't be heavenly conscious. I am not earthly useless. We have now become so earthly useful. We are almost heavenly useless. It's about what can we get now? If the Lord sends you to a village and tells you clearly, you will never be rich for the rest of your life. Would you still say yes to him? Why does everyone want to go to Abuja? Why does everyone want to go to Lagos? Why is everyone going to London? We don't consider the Lord big enough inheritance for us. Somehow, in our hearts, we are still competing with the dangotes of this world. With the otodelas of this world. We are not still comfortable that we are not driving that big jeep to show them that our Lord has answered us. He says, but I'm your inheritance. Can we trust that God has good plans for us? Can we trust that he will take care of us? Praise God. He is our inheritance. Thank you for listening to Present Truth Broadcast with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.pastormax.ng. We would also like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng or call 0805-888-7575.